Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Good morning, church. Lovely to be here with you this morning. Well, last week, Sam preached a great message on taking baby steps. Um, He talked about following Jesus and how following Jesus is, is all about taking a series of baby steps one after another. Richard Foster, the great author in spiritual formation who wrote Celebration of Discipline 40 years ago, says, we, we overestimate what we can achieve in one year, but we underestimate what we can achieve in 10. And that is so true when it comes to our journey with Jesus. One small step after another over a, a long obedience in the one direction, as Eugene Peterson's book says, will produce a life that is increasingly reflecting the nature and character of Jesus. But I'll tell you, in my own life, I find a frustration. I find a frustration between my desire and reality. You see, I know that following Jesus is a matter of taking one step after another. But then in reality, I see myself often not taking that step and standing still. I wonder whether this morning from this passage we could explore what it, what it means for us to make that step even when we find ourselves unable to. What does it take for us to keep making one step after another? Soon after Carol and I were married um, in the early 90s, we went backpacking like a lot of uh, young Australians do. And one of the places we wanted to go to was Africa uh, and see the, um, you know, the, the, the game parks, and it was just fabulous. We went to Zimbabwe, and we wanted to go to Victoria Falls. Um, we just love nature and love waterfalls, and just to see the cascading waterfall would just be amazing. So we trekked up to... Um, uh, up to Victoria Falls, and when you get to Victoria Falls, there's this bridge. You see, it's, it's almost like the land has sort of split apart, and, and there's this bridge that sits across the, the two parts of, Z- of Zambia and Zimbabwe. And you look at Victoria Falls, so you, st- you, st- you stand this way and you look at Victoria Falls, and it's just this incredible, amazing um, roaring water just pouring down over, over the top and just immense amount of spray and you can hardly hear each other talking. It's so loud. And then it all, it all gushes down into this, into this chasm where the earth is split apart. So you go to the other side of the bridge and you see these sheer cliffs going all the way down straight and this roaring river down below, um, these rapids that is the Zambezi River. And it's just awe-inspiring. And we were walking along, looking this way and looking this way. And um, it was just amazing. And then we noticed in the middle of the bridge, there was a whole bunch of people gathered. And like this little hut thing. So I thought, what's going on over there? So we walked along um, to the middle of the bridge. And all these people were there, but nothing was sort of going on. And then I saw a little sign that said, bungee jumping. I thought, that sounds fun. Um, and Kara looked at me with that, with that look that I get sometimes, um, that disapproving sort of look. And I'm like, oh, look, 
Carol, what could go wrong? It's like that. We've been bungee jumping now for like all of like four or five years in New Zealand. Um, surely it's safe. Um, and um, I'm looking there, waiting for someone to jump, just to sort of watch it. But no one. There's a lot, a lot of, lot of people, but not too many people jumping. So uh, I did, that, that didn't put me off. I went and had a chat with the guy, and um, he said, you know, for whatever it was, it wasn't that expensive, 50, 60 bucks. Um, um, you know, we're, we're from New Zealand. We've set it up here in Africa, and I'm thinking, a New Zealander. I can, I can trust a New Zealander. And so, um, so I, I paid my money and we started to get organised. Um, but the, uh, there was one moment of hesitation, I, I will admit. You see, they started getting the, the Velcro thing around my ankles. And they looked at me and said, oh, you've got really skinny ankles. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I know. I was like born with them, you know. Um, not, much, not much I can do right now. <clears throat> Thicken up my ankles. Um, so the guy goes, that's okay. Um, with people with skinny ankles, we just use a towel. I'm going, okay. So he wraps his towel around my ankles to thicken it up. And then he, and then he wraps the, um, the, the, the Velcro thing around my, my, my ankles. And he goes, yep, that should be fine. I'm going, no, you sure? <laughs> and he looks at me and he says, look, I've done this thousands of times. You'll be fine. And with that New Zealand accent that you can trust, you know, I was like, okay. And so I stepped and enjoyed this beautiful flight down towards the Zambezi River. Um, and I survived. I'm still here today. Sometimes when Jesus invites us, and you know, his, his, whenever we um, are to make a step in our followership of Jesus, it's always, it's always an invitation that Jesus gives us. And whenever he invites us to the next step of following him, whatever that may be, for me, at least, I often find some resistance, just some resistance. You know, when he says, hey, Andrew, how about you forgive this person? How about you let go of that resentment? How about you be a little more generous here? How about you be a little bit more honest there? You know, sometimes the, the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. You know, we, we want to follow Jesus, but sometimes I find my own resistances rising up. And for all sorts of insecurities and reasons, I justify myself away why, why I don't need to take this step. In this passage that I read in these last couple of weeks as I was preparing for this message, I, I, hear, I actually hear a little bit of resistance in Peter. I, I think I noticed it probably for the first time as I just really sat in this passage. And I know the Bible translators did a pretty good job in translating the Bible, but I reckon they forgot a conjunction here. I'll, I'll, let, you, I'll let you in on where I think it should be. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, okay, this is where the conjunction needs to sit. But, right, you can hear him saying, but master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But, but master, we've worked hard all night, haven't caught anything. Can you, can you just hear a little bit of resistance there in Peter? You know, Jesus says, hey, put out into deep water and cast your nets. But master, 
We've worked hard all night. And if you who have kids know what that feels like or sounds like. Yeah. Lucy, it's your turn to do the, the, the dishes tonight. But Dad, I did them last night. Um, this little bit of resistance that we hear from Peter. So what do we do when we feel that resistance? When Jesus invites us into taking a step to follow him, and it might be a very early step where you're just here this morning and it's your, you know, your first days in exploring Christianity. It might be just Jesus might be saying, look, just, just, just look into me. Just trust me enough just to explore me a little. Would you be willing to take that step? Or it could be a, a quite a significant step of forgiving someone for something that, that really has hurt you very deeply. And you're, you're holding off. What do we do when we feel resistance? Do you know about resistance training? If you want to get fit, one of the great ways to get fit is you do resistance training. My, my wife practices it, practices it on, um, in the morning sometimes. She, uh, we live pretty close to the beach at, at uh, north of Oka. And so most mornings, Carol will, will jog down to the beach and, and she'll, um, you know, she'll, she'll run down the beach and back. And, and then she does this, this funny thing that when, sometimes I'll go down there and, and I'm not quite as active. I'll just sit there and contemplate um, exercising. And, but then, but then she'll, she'll hop in the water where it's shallow, where it's like up to here, and she'll run like from our beach entrance up to the end of north of Oka in the shallow water, you know, because she, she keeps telling me, Andrew, it's really good resistance training, you know, You're running in the water against, against the weight of the water. And I'm, I'm sure it is. <laughs> I'm sure it's really good for it. Um, resistance training. I looked it up as a, as a definition. And I think, I think this definition applies for spiritual resistance training. Resistance training is simply a form of, of training in which you're working against some type of force that resists your movement. See, spiritual resistance training is, is taking our step forward into obedience, into, into the invitations of Jesus, even when we're feeling our own resistances rise up. The force of our own resistances, our own justifications, our own inability to maybe let go of some things. Our inner resistances. And I think awareness of our inner resistance is really important. You know, when we're invited to take a step, those baby steps that Sam was preaching about last week, when, we, when, we, when we're invited in and we feel ourselves resisting, that's a great opportunity right there for just a wonderful time of prayer. Jesus, I know you invited me into this. But I'm just feeling so resistant. Can you help me understand what that's about? Jesus, I really want to be completely honest with my taxes. Completely. But, you know, there's, I just don't know. I just don't know whether I'll be able to you know, pay all the bills if I'm completely and utterly honest. What's that resistance about? Well, maybe, maybe it's about really deeply trusting him that he is Jehovah Jireh, the great 
provider. So here we see Peter acknowledging his resistance. Master, but master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But you see, what I love about this story is that it doesn't end there. See, in order to to take our baby steps, in order to overcome our resistances, what we need is trust. So it was my it was my trust in that New Zealand bungee jump operator that allowed me to take that next step. And it's actually Peter's trust in Jesus. And here we get the conjunction. Peter responds, but because you say so, I will let the nets down. But because you say so, I will let the nets down. When I read this recently, as I was preparing for this message, I was just struck by how profound these few words are when it comes to actually following Jesus and taking the next step. But because you say so, I will. Because you say so, I will. See, Peter here shows incredible trust in Jesus, in who he is as a person. And unless we have a deep trust in the personhood of Jesus, then it'll be really hard to actually step into the things that he's inviting us into. You see, if, we, if, we, if people are, um, list the most intelligent people in the world, they'll often list you know, Plato and Socrates and Einstein and come up with all these names. Often Jesus is off that list. People don't think of Jesus as someone who's necessarily incredibly intelligent. But we know that Jesus is indeed the most intelligent person in the world. I mean, he would be up against the most educated um, um, individuals and the Pharisees and you know, the intelligentsia of his day. And he would just have them in, you know, in circles. His, his wisdom was profound. But what I love about Jesus is, is that he's not just intelligent. You know, we have intelligent people in our world too. But he actually also has incredibly high character and integrity. So he lives out everything that he teaches. It's, it's in him. It's who he is. He's the real deal. You know, we have intelligent people in our world, but who lack, who lack character. And... I wouldn't advise us to follow what those people say. But you see, Jesus is the most intelligent person we will ever meet. He lives everything that he teaches. He has the highest character and integrity of any person. So therefore, he is trustworthy. You know, A.W. Tozer says this, What comes to mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And what he's saying is that our image of God is so important. Our image of God, how we view Jesus, will actually impact everything that we do. Impacts our worldview and certainly impacts our ability to follow him. So what's our image of Jesus? What comes to mind when you think of him? Do you think of him as 
the most intelligent, wisest, highest person of integrity and character that you will ever meet. And therefore, when he says something, we know it's for our benefit. Therefore, because you say so, I will. See, for me, it comes down to my understanding of who Jesus is. And if I get that right, then it will make taking these baby steps so much easier. It will take the ability to push against my own resistances, those forces against me, like my own insecurity and my own um, unwillingness to let go of baggage. I I can push against those things because I know that he wants the best for me. Because you say so, Jesus, I will. I mean, I can come up with plenty, but master. (laughs) When Jesus invites me to obey him in a certain area of my life, I can come with plenty, but master, I've tried this, I've tried that. But following Jesus is, is, as Sam said last week, a series of baby steps, but it will require resistance training. It will require our ability to understand and know what our resistances are, to face them, and then take the step anyway. Why? But because you said so, I will. It's not because you know, a friend says so. It's not because you know, a connect group leader says so. It's not because I or Sam or Emily or anyone says so. It's because Jesus invites us to follow him. Because he says so, we will. And as a result of Peter's willingness to to move beyond his own resistance and, and step to obeying Jesus, I love the outcome. Blessing. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Isn't that great? They were fishing all night. Didn't catch a thing. Jesus comes along and says, hey, push out in deeper water. Just just trust me. But master, but master. I'm feeling the resistance here, says Peter. And then he acknowledges who Jesus is. And he says, but because you say so, I will. And whenever we go through that process in our own life, I can guarantee you, that there will be blessing with every step that we take toward following Jesus. Whatever it is that he asks of us, there will always be blessing that we won't be able to measure. And I can, I can tell you that's my testimony in my life. And there's been plenty of issues that I've tried to be resistant with. And I've been a bit of a slow progressor. But as I increasingly say, because you say so, I will, I trust you, Jesus. The blessings have come one after another. It doesn't necessarily mean that everything will go work out perfectly. It doesn't mean we're not going to have challenging times in life. But I'll tell you what, when you, when you embrace those challenging times with Jesus, even walking through those challenging times, following him, The blessings of knowing that you're not alone, that he is with you, that there is hope, that there is a future, no matter how desperate your situation is, is an incredible blessing. 
But it doesn't end there. <laughs> doesn't end there. There's, there's, there's a set of steak knives to come. It doesn't end there, you see. Not only is Peter and his mates blessed, it goes on. So they signal to their partners, to the other boat, come. And they came and they filled their boats, so much so that even their boats began to sink. I think this is a really profound scene in Scripture that gives us such a beautiful paradigm for spiritual growth and for what it means to, to follow Jesus, to take these steps one after another. Sure, you know, every step will begin with our own resistance and then as we overcome that, we, we, we trust him. Because you say so, I will. And as a result of that, you know, we will find blessing in our own life. But then others are blessed as a result as well. See, blessing doesn't, isn't just contained to us. Blessing then outflows to, to all those around us. And every time a husband and a wife together you know, have children, but individually they choose to follow Jesus step after step after step. You know what it's like to be a child in a household where your parents' is first priority is to follow Jesus? Those kids are going to be blessed. They're going to be blessed by seeing the way that you acknowledge your resistance, step through that in trust and faith, and are blessed. But all those around you will be blessed. I mean, think about um, Hudson Taylor. Take Hudson Taylor, a legend missionary. In the 1850s, he gets a call from Jesus I want you to go to China. And spread the gospel to China. I know this is an old example, but man, it's a cracker of an example. Because China back then had hardly any Christians, right? And so he goes all the way to China. He spends 51 years as a missionary in China. Learns the language, multiple languages in Chinese. He ends up um, bringing, bringing across from England like 800 missionaries, around 800 in that period of time. He set up 300 mission outposts. He himself converted around 18,000 Chinese. Now there's 67 million Christians in China. Can you see how one man's obedience, one man's willingness to push against his own resistance and step in faith and trust in the one who was calling him, because you say so, I will. All of a sudden, I believe not only was his life blessed, but now as we stand in 2018, 67 million Christians are blessed with that Christian heritage. Wow. And then the finale, verse 10 and 11. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid from now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. So the result of Peter's willingness to overcome his resistance, trust Jesus and follow him, now Jesus says to him, okay, 
you have an incredible passion for fish. If you know anyone who's a, anyone here who is a fisherman, really into fishing? Okay, one. We have one fisherman. <laughs> you better be good to feed all this crowd, man. <laughs> um, fishermen are passionate about fishing, believe me. It, the fishermen that I know, they know their rig, they know their lines, they know all their bait, they know their stuff, they're passionate. You've got to be the fish to be, to be that patient, right? Um, these disciples knew their fish. They were passionate about fishing. In fact, when they, when they caught fish, they could look at them and work out whether they are oversized or not. You know? um, they knew exactly how many, how many, how many kilos they were um, just by looking at them. I mean, when they caught them, they knew 153 fish. You know, like they knew fish. They were passionate. And now... Jesus says to them, that passion that you have for fishing, fish, I'm now going to change that to you fishing men. He realigned their passion towards the kingdom of God. Now when we follow Jesus and take step after step after step of obedience, of overcoming our resistance, of trusting in Jesus, increasingly our life will become more and more significant in the kingdom of God as he realigns our passions and our values and what we see as important. And the kingdom of God will expand and so many others will be blessed as a result. Well, as we prepare for communion this morning, I started to think about Jesus on this journey that we see Peter taking. And in fact, we see Jesus taking a very similar journey. In the, Garden of in the Garden of Gethsemane, we see him being overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. We see him really coming up against his own resistance. Going a little farther in Matthew 26, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Can you almost hear a bit of a but father here? But master? I can hear just a little resistance here in Jesus. And who wouldn't be feeling resistance if you were going to be facing crucifixion? I love how Jesus is honest with his resistance. How helpful it is for us just to be honest with our resistance. But see, it doesn't end there. He could, have held, he could have felt that force against him, that resistance against him, and thought, no, it's, this, is, this is too much. But see, Jesus shows us in his life what it means to follow the Father. And despite the resistance, the force against him, yet not as I will, but as you will. What was he saying so? He was saying, but because you say so, I will. That's what Jesus was saying to the Father, and he did. And we know that he walked that road to the cross against his own resistances, in deep trust and faith in the Father, knowing that blessing would be on the other side. And blessing is always on the other side of obedience. As a result of his death, 
and resurrection, here we are. Blessed, aren't we? Blessed. 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 To be celebrating the the forgiveness and the remission of our sin. To be able to stand in God's presence. Accepted and loved for now and for all of eternity. Let me pray and then I'm going to invite you to come forward and to the sides to take communion. But also if you'd like to receive some prayer this morning, there'll be a prayer team up the back. But just before we do that, may we just pray. Jesus, we thank you for showing us what it means to take step after step in obedience. We thank you, Jesus, for your honesty in the garden that night before your crucifixion. And Jesus, if we're honest, we, we resonate with the resistances that you felt in following your Father's will. And I pray that you would help us as we seek to take baby step after baby step. I pray that you too would help us just to be aware of our own resistances inside. But help us not to park there or stay there. Thank you, Jesus, that that you reached beyond your own resistances. And you basically said to your Father, because you say so, I will. And we thank you for the faith and trust that you had in your Father at that moment and the way that led you to, to walk to the cross. We thank you for, for the gift that was to us. And for everyone who trusts in you. We thank you, Jesus, for dying for our sin, for being willing to be our substitutionary atonement, the one who died in our place, paid the price that none of us could pay for ourselves, so that we too one day will be resurrected from the dead into an incredible blessing of eternal life with you. So we thank you for these elements and for the significance of them and for the way that they weekly remind us of your gift to us, Jesus. And as we seek to continue to follow you, Jesus, I pray that you would go with us this week, that you would help us as you present the next step for each one of us, whatever that might be. May your Holy Spirit empower us to be aware of our own resistances and to overcome them with deep trust and faith in you. And we thank you that the result every time of that journey is blessing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.